Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 297, starting off with security news. CISA has added single-factor authentication to its list of bad practices. The FBI says China's going after Uyghurs based in the U.S. using both in-person and digital techniques. Okay, so you know how a lot of restaurants are shut down or empty right now because there are no workers. So imagine that for truck drivers, you know, the people who basically deliver everything to everyone. This is a crazy article here about how there could be massive shortages in truck drivers just because uh, they're not getting the benefits that they need. Mike Orlando, the acting director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, says China's been inflicting 200 to 600 billion in intellectual property theft against the U.S. for the last 20 years. 200 to 600 billion dollars in IP theft over the last 20 years. Proton Mail shared an activist IP with authorities, even though it says it doesn't actually log anything. So how would it have an IP to give if it didn't log them? Case in point, don't use third parties for services with an expectation of privacy. You know, companies like Apple are really careful, but even they have to respond to subpoenas. Proton Mail, VPN services, whatever. If it's that important to you and you can host it yourself, do that instead. You have no earthly idea what's happening inside of a VPN or email provider that claims they don't log. Don't believe it. Just host it yourself. Rapid7 found a way to remotely disable the Fortress SO3 home security system. Evidently, all that's needed is the owner's email address, which can yield their IMEI, which can then be used to disable the whole system. It's ridiculous. A former credit union employee in New York logged into the company's system two days after being fired and deleted 21 gigabytes of data. She's now facing 10 years in prison. But my question is, how did she have access to the network multiple days after being fired? This is why deprovisioning is important. Kaspersky says it's seen IoT attacks double in the last six months. Organized criminal gangs are stealing tens of millions of dollars worth of merchandise from stores like CVS, Target, Ulta Beauty, and others. And then they're selling that stuff on Amazon. So they gave the example in this article of someone walking into a CVS in Tenderloin, in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, and stuffing a whole bunch of stuff into a trash bag and just walking out. I was actually wondering like what they're doing with that stuff once they have it. But uh, yeah, evidently the answer is largely Amazon. They uh, basically said that Amazon is the world's largest pawn shop. China has banned effeminate men from appearing on TV. They've also limited the time under 18-year-olds can play video games to just three hours a week. And hopefully you don't need to ask me why this is in the security section. 
the Navy has a new weapon that stops you from talking. It basically records you as you speak and then plays it back to you really loud as you're speaking. So it's evidently so disorientating that it stops you from speaking. Anticipated uses include crowd control, right? Because they can't figure out how to make this an actual weapon yet, but they think it'll work for crowd control, which, yeah. Vulnerabilities. Cisco has a critical security update for its Cisco Enterprise NFVIS product. An NPM package with 3 million weekly downloads has a severe vulnerability. Netgear has patched serious bugs in over a dozen smart switches, and there's a critical vulnerability in Atlassian's Confluence that's being actively exploited. Technology news. Someone asked GPT-3 a bunch of questions about COVID, and it answered better than a lot of experts. Truly impressive results. The final question they actually asked it was, when will the pandemic end? And its answer was 2023. In the movies, you can often find someone pointing at an image on a monitor and saying enhance, which always works better than in reality. You always wonder, like, haven't the cameras got really good? Why is everything so grainy? But separate point. But Google has now kind of enabled this technology. So this demo in this article is unbelievable. It, it basically takes a 64 by 64 super grainy image and makes it look like it came from like a professional camera. It's quite spectacular. You should check out the demo. TikTok is getting into VR through a purchase of a company called Pico. This to me is like the most significant VR news I think I've ever heard. If anyone can make VR real, I think it's actually TikTok. And in related news, TikTok just surpassed YouTube in hours watched in both the US and the UK. They just passed up YouTube and they passed up downloads of Facebook last month, I think, the, or a couple of weeks back. So this is like, they're just taking over. Oh, and LinkedIn also stopped doing their stories thing because evidently nobody was looking at them. And they're switching to short form video, which is essentially like TikTok. So this is the thing. And yeah, like I said, I think people have been waiting for like what's going to have... VR take off, I bet you it's going to be TikTok, if anything. And I, I wish it was AR instead of VR, but whatever. A new Korean law says Google and Apple need to allow developers to use other payment systems, which is super bothering them, obviously, because they have control over the app stores. Altos Labs is a life rejuvenation startup, raising money and interest from people like Jeff Bezos. They currently have over $270 million in funding, and their main modus operandi is hiring top talent from universities and offering them extraordinary salaries and a lack of research red tape. They've definitely hired some really cool people. I can't wait to see what they do. I just got talking about how cool Wirecutter was, I think maybe one or two episodes ago, and now it's going behind the New York Times paywall. If you are a digital access subscriber, you still get access to it though. And uh, I'm a subscriber, so I'm happy I still have access, but it's sad it's going behind the paywall. Looks like Amazon is about to launch a line of Amazon branded TVs as well. So not just like playing in the TV space, but actually launching their own TV. Human news. 
Northeastern University did a study that found that 27% of healthcare workers are still unvaccinated, which is quite sad. Cornell has found that rejected internal candidates are more than twice as likely to quit. More than 93,000 people died of drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2020. This week's human section is, like, depressing. Need to work on that next week. A study has shown that rugby players show signs of cognitive impairment after just one season. A U.K. study found that being vaccinated reduces the odds of long COVID by half. That's a positive one. The WHO is monitoring a new COVID variant called Mu, or Mu, can't remember how to pronounce that, lowercase mu, which they're saying has mutations that give it the potential to evade vaccinations. It's been found in 39 countries so far. And thanks to anti-vaxxers, we'll probably see this one take over from Delta before too long. Approval of labor unions is at 68%, which is the highest it's been since 1965. Content ideas and analysis. China ascending. Some people are saying she is launching the Cultural Revolution 2.0, which is easier to believe because he was at the 100th year celebration of CCP and he was like wearing a Mao suit and holding up his fist. I couldn't tell if that was fake. It looks like it's actually a real photo. Anyway, he's made a number of remarkable changes recently, including limited kids to under three hours of video games per week if they're not 18 years old. The government is also putting out a policy, which I talked about earlier, that prohibits men on Chinese TV from having a feminine manner. He's essentially trying to build a nation of wholesome, loyal, and productive citizens that will be effective in future conflicts, whether economic or military. And obviously, I don't agree with how he's doing it, but I do respect this push for unity within the country. And as a constituent of his number one adversary, I'm concerned that the West is not prepared for this threat. United, obviously, we could defeat anyone, um, and we did in World War II, but we are not united right now. We're in the process of fragmenting into many small pieces, in the U.S. especially, and I, I would argue Europe as well. And that seems to result in only one outcome. I fear that if China doesn't overplay their hand and either one, force its best people to leave, or two, unify the world against them, they will become the dominant world power in 10 to 20 years. And that's a super short time frame. But the more I read about this, like full length books about this and study it, obviously that doesn't mean, you know, know for sure. But I feel confident that the West is decaying at such a fast rate. And that is mirrored by China coalescing and unifying into this really strong sort of force. And it, they're not going in a positive direction. It's not like the U.S. versus Canada, where it's kind of all the same, or the U.S. versus EU, where it's kind of all the same. We're talking about a vastly different way of approaching the control of people, the management of populations, and how you would manage running the planet, you know, if it were under your control. And that, that's honestly what I think we're looking at. And I'm not talking about, oh my God, they're going to invade and, you know, it's going to be some kind of crazy military thing. It's not. They're just going to buy everything and we're going to crumble. We're going to break into pieces because of political, political battles, because of anti-vax and 
you know, fragmentation of media and a lack of trust in government institutions. And meanwhile, they're going to be putting out super loyal, super smart, super well-educated people who are better than us at everything because our education system is horribly broken. And they're going to own everything. They own all the debt or most of the debt for the entire world, including ours. It's just ridiculous how quick they are ascending and how quick we're falling apart. So I, I think we seriously need to be thinking about what it looks like with China as the dominant power and you know what sort of force can they exert on the rest of the world. Next one here, Apple's own goal. A survey asked 5,000 Android users if they consider switching to an iPhone. I think they've been doing this for a while. So a year ago, the results were 33%, and the recent result was 18%, so almost half. 10% of the respondents who said they wouldn't switch said it was because of the CSAM scanning issue. Separate from that metric, which, you know, it's a one-off metric, I think Apple has just made a multi-billion dollar PR mistake with this thing. Multi-billion. They essentially counteracted in one bad PR campaign the years of effort that they put into becoming known as the world's number one operating system for privacy. Multi-billion dollar mistake. That, that's my prediction. And geeking out on air quality measurement. I bought a tool that measures air quality, and it's been a lot of fun. And actually, I just got an email about that post uh, asking if there's something similar for water. And I responded, no, I don't think so. Then I went and Googled it and found one on Amazon, which was only like $19. So that will be arriving soon and I'll be able to test the quality of my new reverse osmosis water system. So testing air and water quality. Who would have thought that was fun? Notes. So I was on um, Nomsec's live recon show. And the video is finally live. It's an hour and a half of conversation about hacking, security, and life in general, really. It was a quite enjoyable discussion about lots of different topics and recommend you go check that out. And thanks to Ben for having me. And I'm about to publish a couple of new sections in the members area of the site due to a lot of people asking for this request over and over. So one, I'm going to be adding a section for what I use which is kind of like an EDC write-up, like everyday carry write-up, except for it's going to be in lots of different product categories. And the second one is I'm going to be publishing a recommended books list, which is kind of the same multiple categories, but it's like my favorite book in this, you know, uh, productivity or whatever, or, you know, finding meaning or technical books or whatever. And discovery. So the HN September hiring thread this one is good for finding jobs that are out there it's from the Hacker News people. Securabee's Twitter list, really good curated list of uh, people to follow from uh, Securabee. It's not a labor shortage, it's a wage and workers' rights shortage. Interesting piece there, not sure I fully agree, but I think I mostly agree maybe. An SSH lateral movement cheat sheet, Automating authorization testing using Auth Matrix Part 1. A Defender's Guide to Cobalt Strike. Why it's so hard to make computer chips. Chekhov's Gun. The principle that if you tell someone in fiction about a detail, that detail must become important later on. 
find this really interesting. And I find myself reading books this way. So if you walk into a room and the author mentions, oh, and there's a rifle on the wall, I immediately think, okay, is that going to be in a scene later? Is there going to be a gunfight or something, right? And uh, yeah, evidently this is, um, yeah, the author is Chekhov who basically said, he was giving advice to authors that, that if you give a detail, you must use it. I'm not sure I agree with that, but it seems like a, a good baseline rule. And we've got a list of NF tables based multi-route firewall rules. This is a pretty cool firewall system from uh, Philippe over at CrowdSec. I just kind of casually noticed that the, um, th this had made it to Reddit and I noticed it was Philippe and I was like, Oh, is that the same one? And sure, sure enough it is. He's been on the show a couple of times and OSINT workflows by cybersecurity stew or cybersex stew. Yeah. Cybersex stew OSINT workflows. I think he has to work a bit on the presentation of this thing. It's super sick, but it's like a giant image and you got to click and blow it up. We got to figure out some other way to do that. Maybe mind maps or something. Recommendations. Sam Harris recently had Balaji. Srinivasan on his show to talk about the future. It was one of the longest podcasts he's ever done. I think he might've said it was the longest. It was like four hours. I actually do highly recommend it. I got through it very fast. I listened to it probably 2.5 X though, but yeah, it, it went really fast. It's a very fast conversation and it's a little bit adversarial because Sam is basically being sold something. It's being sold like this libertarian vision of the future but it's like techno libertarian. It's not like pure, you know, feel or whatever, but you should, you should just listen. It, it is fantastic. It, it's a different way of looking at the future. Even if you don't agree with the pitch, it's a perspective you will be enriched by listening to. I, I keep thinking about it and I think he's probably right about a lot of different points, but I also got the feeling that Balaji was like, he is so invested in this future that he just wants to believe it and he wants other people to believe it. It's almost like he's trying to manifest that future by talking about it. And it doesn't mean I think he's wrong. I, I just feel like there's a little bit too much uh, belief or religion in it as opposed to pure logic. And Sam was trying to come back with logical counters and he would just kind of be overtalked a number of times. I, I mean, it w wasn't bad. It wasn't contentious or anything like that. It w wasn't a conflict. It's just, it seemed like, was very much in sales mode, but it, it, it played well. It, it was a good conversation because it was very fast. You can get through it. So highly recommend it. It's like four hours and it's going to be a part one. I think they're going to do it again. And the aphorism for the week to see things in the seed is genius. To see things in the seed is genius. Lao Tzu. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. If you're not a member already, please consider signing up at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. Members get the newsletter every week instead of twice a month, as well as access to the UL Slack channel and our private RSS feed for member-only content. Either way, if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.